With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio. Blog Talk Radio. I always get in a hurry, miss the lady. Anyway, good <laughs> evening. My name is Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom Visionary Vitality and Cowboy Wisdom Radio. Tonight my guest is Dr. James Perdue. He's a professional, motivational, inspirational speaker and author of One More Play and three and some children's books. And James was a normal 19-year-old with expectations of playing professional baseball in the major leagues. He was attending Martin Methodist College in Pulaski, Tennessee, on a baseball scholarship. He had an attitude of being invincible. After being in college for two weeks and playing one college game in the fall, unexpectedly, tragedy came, came a calling. On September 11, 1983, James became a quadriplegic, dislocating three vertebrae in his neck from playing a football game. The doctor said, James, I'm sorry, you'll never walk again, and you might be paralyzed from the neck down. Later, their doctor advised the family to put him in a nursing home, and he would be too much of a burden for them to take care of. Uh, here's how Dr. James Purdue, to work, Purdue worked hard to achieve success as a teacher and a coach. He has been awarded Fox 17 Top Teacher Award of Week 2. Teacher of the Week 2005, Teacher of the Year 2002, as well as Coaches of the Year in 2006 and 2000. He received the Joe Andrews Award in 1995 and the Dr. Raymer Award in 1991, both for overcoming adversity. Recently, he received his doctorate degree in May 2011 from Tennessee State University. His demonstration of not giving up and striving through major challenges is apparent. Dr. Purdue knows he can help others pass through the other side of tragedies to become the triumph and become a survivor of difficulties. It is our responsibility to help each other before tragedy hits. When unexpected suffering happens, we encourage, motivate, and inspire and help the hurting continue life. We start the baby steps. First, let's pass, get past the first hour with help of our families and friends. Second, to find the second, the strength in ourselves to get through the next day. Finally, to strive to live, strive to live our lives to the fullest through determination and perseverance we, because we deserve it. James hasn't quit. Even sometimes it would have been easier, but instead he found a way to beat the odds. I know you can beat the odds too. What would you do if tragedy came knocking at your door? You could run, but you can't hide. Do you have the, what it takes to overcome adversity? Dr. James will give you the three Ps that will encourage you to comfort your troubles and learn how to succeed in life as well as business. And without any further ado, I want to welcome Dr. James Perdue to the show. Welcome, James. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you having me on tonight. Well, it's my honor and privilege, but you said a lot in there, but let's first, I want to talk about the three Ps 
And then I want to talk about your your puppy dog and your children's books. But what is the three P's that it takes for people to expand through life, do you feel, James? Here in the last year, it seems like it's taken uh, readjust those every now and again. But the main three to me right now is uh, you need to find your purpose in life. Find out what you need to be doing that's going to satisfy you. You know, you hear those saying, if you can find a job that you like doing, whether you got paid for or not, that's where you need to be. And so same thing with your purpose. Find out what you need to do to help other people, to help yourself, help your family, or whatnot. And then, again, from all there, uh, set goals, plans, guidelines to make sure you follow those uh your purpose okay then number two i believe you've got to have partners and i don't mean just uh your husband or wife or girlfriend boyfriend or it's just going to be more than one other person helping again it may be a doctor maybe a psychologist maybe a best friend it may be a spouse maybe a children maybe somebody that you know that you can go to that's going to help you you know, we've, we've got those friends out there that no matter what we say, they're going to agree with you. And you know it's not really true, but it makes yourself seem feel good. But then you got that other friend, you know they're going to point blank tell you, that's not right, <laughs> and they're going to put you back where you belong in your place. So those two different friends, you need one to build your self-esteem up, and you need one that's going to point blank tell you like it is. And then the third thing, you just always got to persevere, be persistent. You've got to always move forward. Again, even if you're moving forward at a snail's pace, it's going forward. You don't have to run 100 miles an hour to get where you're going. And um, just sit back and enjoy the ride and go from there. And Dr. James' James's website is jamespurdusespeaks.com. And you get to see a picture of, the, of Ricardo and James sitting there together. He looks like a character. He looks more human than some of us. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, actually, when I went down to Orlando to get him, they let a couple of dogs play at a time. I got to work with three or four dogs, and he was one of them. Then they was letting us watch them play. And there was nine families getting a dog down there during that time, and so they would let three or four play at a time, put them up, and get a couple more out to play. Put them up and get a couple. Well, when it was time to let Ricardo out to play, he went running down the other end. He bowled over like two or three of them. Now, not that I condone bullying in the playground, but Ricardo got put back in his kennel, and I said, that's the one I want right there full of self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I love to watch puppies or any baby animal play. But you also, James, has got some children's books with Ricardo. Never fear, Ricardo is here. Can my son pet your dog and marry and have a Merry Ricardo Christmas. Tell people about these books, and it's on your website, jamesproducespeaks.com. Ricardo, um, I just started thinking, you know, he's he's been more than just a service dog to me. When we go to this one certain store, I mean, everybody just lights up from it. And I just one time started thinking, well, I wonder if I can put a few children's books together and help out other children start learning about disabilities and service dogs and stuff and so you know because i was looking on the bookshelf uh, at the store you know you got your cinderella's you got your uh doral 
Uh, you've got your uh, all them other books. I can't even think of them. But I was going. Rarely are there any books about any type of disability. I was thinking, well, I could corner the market here if I do some of these, and it would educate the children as they're growing up about some of these disabilities. So the first book, uh, Never Fear, Ricardo is here. Uh, he helps a boy in a wheelchair play baseball. The boy, he wanted to play baseball. He liked playing baseball. He could hit off a tee, but he couldn't run the bases, or if he's in the field, he couldn't get the ball. So his mother finds out about this dog that helps people in wheelchairs. So Ricardo and this boy, and actually the boy's name is James, <laughs> and they meet, and then you see Ricardo chasing the ball on the ball field, and James is playing, and at the end of the story, Ricardo's doing his Superman pose. He's pulling his chest open and has a big R on his chest because he's for the James. <laughs> <laughs> and then and the, you can also get... Oops, I'm sorry. I was going to say in the second book was um, can my son pet your dog? We were at the store. This is a true story. A woman come up and asked, can my son pet your dog? And I said, sure. And I had Ricardo get his front paws on my lap so the boy could reach from the buggy. The boy then pointed at Ricardo and said, dog. Well, I looked at mother. She started crying. I put Ricardo on the floor and said, man, I'm sorry. I don't know what he did. She said, no, no, no. And again, this is a true, true story. She said, no, not you or the dog. said, my son is autistic. That's the first word I heard him say. And the boy had to been three, maybe four years old. And so we went on and made a book about that one. And to me, autism, when we're trying to teach them stuff, it goes to show that they're comprehending what we're teaching them. They just can't get it out for some reason sometimes. I mean, he knew Ricardo was a dog. He didn't call him a cat. He didn't call him a doorknob. He didn't call him a car wash. He called him a dog. So they're they're comprehending what we're teaching. They're just having a hard time getting it out. And then, of course, the third one, just a whole Christmas book, uh, we based it on the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And Ricardo, in the uh, poem, gets to meet Santa Claus and Rudolph and helps pass out the gifts and has his little uh, Christmas spread to eat at the end. So. <laughs> and, you know... How is animals the best teacher for to open kids up, or even human be or grown ups up? Do you feel, James? I, I think one thing is um, uh, they're they're not intimidating. Of course, depending on what dog you're trying to use, but you wouldn't use an intimidating dog. But they're not intimidating. Uh, they're there to get pleased by you rubbing them. Uh, they want to be just beside you, and so these people that are fearful of stuff they can open up to this dog where they may not be able to say something to a human. And I think I think it's just the unconditional love that the dog shows. Uh, one, one book I'm working on is Ricardo. Actually, he spent 18 months in the Mississippi prison system. One of the prisoners, puppy raised him in Mississippi. And so I want to do a little book about, even though some people made mistakes, still benefiting to help people in society by and then explain how Ricardo went through them and became, you know, to the boy in the wheelchair and like that. And so it's another way of helping other people understand things. And, and I was that's saying true. The prison, one of the prisoners, I saw a documentary, and one of the prisoners uh, was doing the dog, was training the dog, and he told in the documentary that that dog gave, gave him that unconditional love 
that he never got from his mom and dad when he was growing up. And so, yeah, so I believe the unconditional love that they show for us, again, the non-intimidation factor, and again, it gives them a chance to open up. Now, your book, One More Play, it's on Amazon.com. Now, if I was cho- cho- choosing to read that book, what is one thing I would come away from that book do you feel that would expand my life? Uh, main thing I was, would think would is look at the tragedies he went through and not only having a spinal cord injury from playing football, but there's other tragedies that's happened to the book and it just didn't stop. And even when I did try to attempt suicide, for some reason my body fought. And of course, God knew it wasn't time for me to go and begin not giving up even though I was trying to just to show you that, you know, I'm human, we all have tragedies, that we can still have a good life if we uh, put forth into it. And, you know, that's true. But how, you know, James, that opens up this question for me. How have we been taught to look at everything in a negative way? And that's a good question. To me, it seems like there's more negative people out there and positive people. And even days I catch myself, you know, saying negative stuff at home when things go wrong. And, man, I don't know why we're taught that. We ought to be taught each other, teaching each other and teaching our children growing positive outputs. I mean, we, we, we need to be teaching them the silver lining. You know, yes, I'm sorry that uh, Grandpa may have passed away, but just think about the good things that he did for you as you growing up and what he did to help you to become the young man or young woman you are. And we ought to be just encouraging and and, and, and uh, providing positivity for everybody, for all of us. But I don't know, I don't know why. We just think, Go I mean, ahead. One, thing, one thing, look at the news every night. Most of it's negative stuff. And for some reason, the news knows people are going to watch what happened bad today. And that's sad. Uh, one time in our newspaper here where I live, we had a young uh, African-American man that graduated from West Point second in his class. I mean, you're talking number two of West Point graduating. Our newspaper buried that story in the back and had on the front page a woman that had a car wreck. And I thought that was sad. Well, you know, here's what's the sad thing. Bad news sells. Good news don't don't sell. Exactly, and that, that's... Yeah, exactly, and it, it shouldn't be that way, but you're right. James, this question comes to me on that. Do you feel people don't believe there is good in the world? I think I think there, there may be they hope there's good in the world, but they haven't experienced a whole lot of it, um, that they've experienced more negatives than goods possibly. And so they're going, it's out there, but I'll never see it because they've experienced too much. And they need to just continue going forward, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, the odds are against uh, that it won't. So. And, and that's true. And here's the thing. James. We have been compared and beat down since childhood, and they thought it was to motivate us. Do you feel the way they compare us and do things with others 
that leaves a permanent scar in the inside that that has to almost be opened back up and drained of the pain. Yes, I think so. And it, to me, it's sad when you hear these stories. And of course, it's tragedy. You know that um, I don't know, a seventeen-year-old kills his parents, and he's going to be locked up for most of his rest of his life, basically. But he killed them because they were beating him or sexually doing something to him. He got tired of it, and we're throwing this kid away. And, and I think that's wrong. I understand what he did was wrong, but he was driven to do this because of the negatives. Uh, if you go back and look at you know, talk about dogs again, they have learned that if you beat a dog, you're not going to get the same results as if you do positive reinforcements with him. And same thing got to be with children. If, if they need positive reinforcement for a dog, that means uh, our children, they need positive reinforcements. And, you know, the thing is, is sometimes kids do things wrong just to get attention. Do you feel that? I think they've I think they've been conditioned to do that. They know that the only way they're going to get mom and dad to talk to them is if they do something wrong and mom and dad are yelling at them. Uh, I, I think they've been conditioned into it. When I first started teaching, I remember getting mad at a couple of students, and I remember raising my voice. And after about the third year, I'm going, you know, one, all it is is blowing my blood pressure out of whack. But I was going, I was going, um... These kids that are acting out like that, they're po- they're probably have heard mom and dad yelling since they've been out of bed, got on the bus and been yelled at at the bus. While they're in the gym waiting to go to class, they're being yelled at. Then they get into class and they're yelled at. So I, I started thinking, instead of doing all this yelling and raising my blood pressure, I started telling them they're going to move their desk and they're going to share my desk, my teacher desk with me, and I get to know them, and I'll go, hey, I can't write on the board. You go write this on the board for me. And then I would give them responsibilities and then teach them to be responsible for what they're doing. And I got more out of children that way than I did if I yelled at them. It took me two years, three years to learn that. But, yeah, finally I learned that. Yeah. Uh, And, James, when we start in the childhood and we get to school, and you get a teacher, you know, teachers have emotions, and you can, and kids can feel when the teacher doesn't like them and things. But how is mm-hmm. the teacher and the parents actually teaching that kid the shyness because they ain't looking at him as an individual, do you feel? Um, you see, that's, that's a difficult question, too. Um, even though we're supposed to teach these kids visualities, it's, they need to be with what they want to do growing up. But then you have the rules that they can't dress a certain way or they can't have a certain haircut. And then so, it's, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're compromising in one way to give them the individuality, but then they can't do it because of the rules. So uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure about, about, the, about how to uh, correct any of that. You just hit the answer. It's the rules that we've been taught. So we learn to be ruled through rules. Do you feel that? Yes. So, and then, you know, as a teacher, if I give in to let them try to express themselves in my classroom, but then to go to another classroom and try to express themselves, they get in trouble. And so now they're confused. 
Why am I allowed to yeah. in one class, but I'm not allowed to in this class? And so, you know, you got your inconsistency with teachers as well. Whatever we've been taught inconsistency through history, just kind of, you know, through since the beginning of time to be inconsistent so people never really understand the value of themselves, do you think, James? That, that could be. I haven't thought of it that way, but it could could be, yeah, that way, I don't know, it just makes other people seem more superior for the ones that do figure it out, I guess. Because, you know, James, this is, you know, I've looked at this, and I'm going to ask you, you as a teacher, you know, if you read history, James, it's the same events, just different players. Do you feel that, or am I looking at the glass half empty? No, you're, you're right, because, yeah, and I forgot who said this, but they said if we don't learn from our history, history is going to repeat itself. And yeah, you just keep reading. It's all the same. They're all the same arguments. But like you said, the players are different. We, we're still not learning from that. Yeah, I, I agree okay. with you on that. Okay. And also, James, with Ricardo and you, you're sitting there, you, you know, you're in your wheelchair and you're sitting there, but you're giving people a positive and a forward-looking presentation, how does that allow kids that are, you know, different? You know, we don't look at people's individuality. If they don't fit into what we think, they're different and then they're bad. But how does you and Ricardo actually open kids up and allow them to see their own individuality, do you think? Uh, Again, I think it goes back to because Ricardo is so... You know, unconditional loving and not the non-threatening. I've seen several kids, you know, at uh, this certain store, and first they want to pet him, and mother says, oh, no, you can't, he's a working dog. But when I hear mother say that, I'll go, well, ma'am, I don't mind that he can pet this one. And then then they'll come over, and then they want to ask questions, learn th- some things, and then mother says thank you when they leave. And I think the kids, they want to learn, they're inquisitive, they want to know why things are like it is, uh, but sometimes parents don't allow it. There was one time um, I, I was pushing it uh, at the store, and I reached down to go push my wheelchair, and I felt a hand on my wheel. And I looked down there, and there's this little child pushing my wheelchair with me, putting his hand on the wheel pushing. And all of a sudden, mother yanked that child back, and he says, I'm sorry, sir, and, he, and then scolded that child by touching my wheelchair, and said, he'll never do that again. I said, well, yeah, I guess so, ma'am. I said, the way you scold him, he's going to think I'm a monster and he's going to run away from me now. I said, he didn't do anything. He was just inquisitive, wanted to learn. And, but parents are, are afraid to, to accept the way things are sometimes. I think parents are adults. And, you know, they're already set in their ways. So we need to reach these younger ones to get those minds opened up uh, now. You know, James, you just hit a subject that we could probably talk on for probably three three years and never stop. How uh-huh. do you feel the parents today have never matured into being parents and they're still selfish and still children because they never expanded beyond five years old? They, yeah, I got an example of that. I'm writing on my blog, uh, Neither Tonight or Tomorrow. Last week I went to our triple-A baseball team and went and watched the game and right below me I saw this woman taking her cell phone 
and videotaping this other woman, and she was laughing at this woman. This other woman was heavy set, and she was crocheting during the game. And so the woman was videotaping and making fun of this woman and sending her picture out on Facebook with negative comments. And I'm thinking, you're the reason why your child is a bully. You're the reason why your child doesn't understand because you haven't outgrown the maturity, like you said, the maturity to accept what's not perfect. And she, oh, it burnt me up so bad. And I didn't want to say anything to the other woman because I didn't want to embarrass her. But that woman, the prime example is why the children are bullies today because of the way mama hadn't grown up and she was still bullying uh, as an adult. Isn't bullying to me, and I'm not sure opinion now that you brought it up, isn't bullying an insecurity and a fear and being scared to admit who you are? Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. And the reason they bully is to make themselves feel better about themselves. Yeah, they're insecure, but they don't want no one to know it. So to get to focus off their insecurity, they'll get other people focused on something negative to make them look good. And then, you know, you get all their friends and they're all the hypocrites of what somebody else is doing and they're they're afraid of life themselves. I'm sorry, I didn't that part. You know, they make fun of other people because they're afraid to admit their own insecurities, but when you're making fun of somebody else, you're really making fun of yourself. And you know what would be interesting, James? I was wondering about that lady that was taking the pictures. How could that be her in a few years? Because she is actually invited into her life. Yeah. You know, I was sitting there watching her uh, take these pictures and videotaping this other woman again. She was overweight, but she seemed she was having a good time at the park, even though she was crocheting. She enjoyed being there with her husband. But the woman who was taking the pictures, I was looking at her and going, I'm sorry, ma'am, but you're not a 10 on a 10 scale of great, you know, just by looking at you. And, and, and But I wouldn't make fun of her. But she, yes, but if it's the reason that some of these adults are acting, like you said, immature about things, is why their children go to class, and they're bullies. And it's not the only you know, reason, but it's it's one point. But, James, that lady sitting there crocheting might be there because her husband wanted to go, and she had no w- willingness to go. Mm-hmm. But that was a time what they did what each other, what the other one wants, desired. Do you feel that, maybe? Oh, yeah. The, they do the compromising, whether they want to or not, but then instead of really compromising for the good, the compromising for the bad, just to make themselves have a good time now. And, James, if somebody wanted to hire you for speaking, they can go to uh, com and fill out the, the information. And, James, are you available to speak all the time? Yes. I'll uh, yeah, get a schedule together. i got a schedule and just say, get a hold to me and we can work something out, yes. I travel and, and you know Go ahead. Oh, I just say and I and I travel just uh, a few weeks ago went to Arkansas and been to Orlando and so yep. Yeah, so I'm open open to travel. 
And if you go to jamespurdueSpeaks.com, you're going to see him on Fox News 17 right there. And, and, and you know, James, you had a bright smile and a lot of energy. But with, do you, when you go to speak, do you take Ricardo up there with you so you're both there, or how do you do this? Oh, yeah, I take him with me. He, uh, he steals the lime, the limelight at there at the, when I bring him out. So, yeah, we, he's part of, a, part of my partners, you know. I have my brother help me with things. My mom helps me with things. Again, doctors, psychologists, other friends. And then I have Ricardo. He's one of my partners, and so he's part of my uh, speech, yes. He's probably one they relate to the most. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, he, I love puppy dogs. Uh, he just steals the shows with, with him and everything, and everybody feels good when they get to uh, play with him. <laughs> they do. And what kind of dog is he, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, he's a black lab. What was that? A black lab, laboratory retriever. Yeah, th- them are about the, they're a very smart dog, aren't they? I just saw on the news last week, I think it was, that uh, for 23 years in a row, the uh, labs have been voted as the best-liked dogs. Yeah, they 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 got they got a sense of humor, and James, your your book is one more play available on Amazon. Are your children's books available on Amazon? And how can you get people to go to schools? Schools, do you go to schools and things like that with your children's books or daycares or what do you do with them? Uh, yeah, I carry them with me. They're on Amazon as well. Uh, of course, they're on my my website there on the front page. Uh, but, yeah, I carry them with me. And, again, it's uh, when these children come up and want to pet Ricardo, then I kind of tell them that, hey, I got this children's book too. And then they go to mother, and then mother wants to buy it because the child got to meet the dog that's in the book. He, he's a I movie even, I star. Have Ricardo, I have Ricardo's signature inside the book too. I got a paw print. <laughs> yeah. So for <laughs> Ricardo's signature. Oh, yeah, with a paw print? Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. And anyway, Jim, so really what I'm hearing you say, it's Ricardo and James, not James and Ricardo. That, exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone Ricardo told me a long time speak. ago, yeah, someone told me a long time ago, it's like having a baby. They want to say hi to the baby, then they ask mom and dad how they're doing. So same thing, they want to find out Ricardo, then find out about me. He keeps us in our place, in your place, huh, James? That's that's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, they they're just great animals. Um, but James, with all the things in your life and everything that's happened, what do you feel that if somebody was entering into this kind of situation, what's one thing that would really open them up and really allow them? to expand out of the, the doldrums of it and into the bliss, as bliss as uh, they can get. Yeah, of the, of the three Ps, I tell everybody uh, they need the strong family support. That's the main thing. If it wasn't for my mom, my brothers, and other other friends particularly too, but, if you know, my mom and brothers, they're the ones from the very beginning. If it wasn't for their strong support. Now, we've had bad times since I've been in a wheelchair, but uh, they do positive stuff to help me. They encourage me to go out and do the next thing, and they support me to do whatever I'm doing. 
but if, you got to have a strong family support to be able to get you to that next level. And you know, and you got to be have people that are patient also. Ain't that though all the way through life? You need people with patience. Yes, and it took me after getting in a wheelchair. It took me a while to to figure out the patience. But yes, yeah, you got you yes. got to have people that are patient with you, and you got to learn to be patient as well. Yeah, and you know, if I could be born with one thing, that's the one I'd want. <laughs> Desire. <laughs> How about you? If I, yeah, one of the things, if I could do it all over again, I would have learned the patience first thing and then developed around it. <laughs> Me too, 100%, because you're going to learn it through life. Do you feel that, James? Oh, yeah. You're going to have to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's too many times yeah. I know that I've flew off my handle without thinking first, and then after yeah. thinking it or after sleeping over, you know, the next morning and then realized I overreacted. So, yeah, we had to learn the patience a long time ago. Me too. It has saved me a lot of humble humble pie. That's right. <laughs> anyway, James, we're out of time. And the book is One More Play, available on Amazon. And it's also available on James's website at uh, com. And so, James, without any further... Uh, ado, give the people some wisdom and I close out the show and we will have James back again because the wisdom James puts forth expands your life. Thank you, Rob. I'd like to leave people with uh, Bear Bryant, one of his quotes. Um, oh, shoot, I had to go. It's not, the, it's not the will to win. It's the will to prepare to win is how he was successful. So when you prepare yourself for success or prepare yourself for when tragedy comes, then you will, you're ready to, to win from there. Yeah, old Bear Bryant, they don't make them like him much anymore, do they? No, they don't. You know, speaking to him, I was listening to one of his ballplayers, and he had a quote also. He says, hit that player as hard as you can, pick him up, shake his hand, and says, I'll be back. That's right. That's right. So, and, and, you know, I could talk about Bear Bryant. I watched that Alabama-Nebraska football game when they that when they went back and forth. That was a football mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Another, another uh, thing that uh, uh, Bear Bryant, one of them says, is I never lost a game. I just ran out of time. And ain't that the way life is? Uh-huh. Yeah, time's going to run out before you know it. <laughs> yeah, and but anyway, James, thank you very much for being here. And if you go to his website, you'll see Ricardo and him, but you're also going to see a very wise man to expand your life. And thank you, James, and good night, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.